0: Good afternoon, welcome to the last day of august twenty twenty three My oh my! Here we are on our way to making each and every day count because really each day is a gift. Did you see the moon last night the I'm not sure i I know they call it the rare super moon because it's so big and it's so bright. You feel like you can reach out and touch it because it's 17,000 miles closer to Earth than it has been. And uh, it was all good. It was just beautiful. I hope you saw it. You might be able to see, I don't know, uh, Rieger, it can, it, are they saying you can or cannot see it uh, uh, tonight again, possibly? Or are we going to have to wait till 2037 to see it again? Mr. Rieger, do you know that? Brian, do you know that? All alone.
1: No, I don't think so. I was just reaching oh. for my headphone so I could. When okay. I turned on the mic, you didn't disappear. I don't okay. think you can. I think, it. The, well, it'll probably still be bright, but I think the official, it's like the full moon. You can see a yeah. full moon, but it's only officially the full moon one night. Did
0: you see it last night? Oh,
1: God, no. I was
0: asleep. Oh, that's right. You I've seen the
1: moon heads. many times, Paul. It's always up there. It's a circle. <laughs> oh, so, these
0: uh, things don't like that. No, if you've seen the moon once, you've seen the moon. Uh, <laughs> all you need to see it. All yeah. right, I, I forgot. I'm I talking to Brian not, here.
2: Uh, I also did not see the moon last night. My apologies to everyone. I did not.
0: <laughs> you don't have to apologize for not seeing the moon. I, I just, well, I, I couldn't, I couldn't worries. miss it. I was out driving. I, I, I couldn't miss it if I wanted to. Uh, and then I stepped out again a little later just to take another look, knowing uh, it's going to be 2037 before uh, it comes back like that again. I'm I'm hoping to be around, but uh, you, know, you never know. Um, a couple of things going on that uh, are, uh, it, okay, Ray, uh, the engineer Ray Templin is saying it's called the super blue moon. Yes, indeed, Ray, it is. It is the super blue moon, and I don't know why it's called the super blue moon, but... I, I did give the explanation once on the air, but I can't remember what it was. I know because it's rare and uh, all of that. It's the biggest moon of the year, blah, 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 blah. But the, the I did not look blue to me last night. If anything, I, th- I think I saw orange, but I can't be certain. Anyway, Dave Rieger says, the three things uh, at noon that people are wondering, thinking about, uh, this is not a a big deal to me because it's not a surprise, but the president Trump has pled not guilty. Um, in, uh, I, I just printed the story. It's still on the printer for in Georgia. Not a, not a big surprise. Uh, the hurricane Idelia has turned into a tropical storm. We've seen the damage pretty mind blowing uh, for sure. And, um, you know, sometimes, sometimes when someone is asked a question, the answer may not be given in words. And yesterday, when Senator Mitch McConnell was asked about his thoughts about running for reelection in 2026, he gave the best answer he could possibly give without even trying. He could not speak for maybe a half a minute or so. And this is not the first time that he's been in the middle of a sentence or a conversation or a press conference or a speech where he just zones out. And so he never got to answer the question with words, what are your thoughts about running for re-election in 2026? But his nonverbal answer spoke volumes, clearly, just as, President Joe Biden should not, nor should Senator Mitch McConnell, run for re-election. We have a tendency to make these things more complicated than we need to. This is not complicated. We've seen it with our own eyes. You know, another thing, Rieger, that uh, is out there that people try to make complicated, I don't see the transgender issue as complicated as at, at anything if somebody wants to make the decision that they are trapped in a body that they don't belong in and they want to go through the the whole uh aspects of uh, becoming trans uh it is not a complicated issue for us for the rest of us it's certainly complicated for the person making the decision but it's not complicated when you say these simple thoughts well let me ask you a question. Uh, Dave Rieger, if a 12-year-old walks in to a plastic surgeon's office and says, I want a new nose job, what does the plastic surgeon say to the 12-year-old? I would hope uh
2: talk to the parents.
0: <laughs> yeah, th- he wouldn't do it. It's simple. He'd say, sorry, son, you're going to have to take that up with your parents. You can't come into a medical office at 12 or 15 or whatever and say, I need this surgery for a nose job or uh, whatever it might be. doesn't happen. So why does it become more complicated if a 12-year-old no longer wants their penis or breasts? Why does that become more complicated? It's no more complicated than a kid walking in and asking for a nose job and can't get it because they're underage. So there's point one, no minors are ever in a position to make a decision on any kind of surgery without their parents or any number of other influences that we currently have for any kind of surgery. So why does it become complicated when it's in the transgender world? It isn't. And the second part, and this is it, I have no other concerns if you want to be transgender or feel you need to be or are compelled to be, go for it. But in the same way, I don't want kids making those decisions, minors underage. You can't decide that though you were born born a little boy, that now that you have transitioned into being a woman, you get to go up against women in sports. Again, it's simple, it's not complicated. You play sports at the same sex you were born into. You can live your life as a woman, though you were born a boy and man, but you don't then get to change your sporting opportunities. You just don't. That's simple. Those are two very simple things on an issue that people are saying is complicated. I don't see the complication and as far as being trans, go for it. Be that You have every other right that we all have. Always. You don't have additional rights. You have the same rights that we all have. So no minors allowed to have sex change surgery. It's just wrong. And whatever you were born, that's who you play your sports with. Whatever you are today doesn't matter what you were born. And the physical advantages or disadvantages you have are there like they would be for every other boy or man, girl or woman. Period. See, that's not so complicated. Do you find that complicated, Mr. Rieger? No, I think you said it uh, very clearly. Tried to make it as simple as I could. What's up at Trader Joe's? My gosh, they can't they can't buy a good story. Two more recalls. I, I haven't kept track of how many that is, but it's a lot. Now the Texas Tamale Company, Gourmet Black Bean Tamales, and the Trader Joe's multi-grain crackers with sunflower and flax seeds, both recalled. It just seems like there's a recall every week for them. Such a good store, Trader Joe's. I, I don't know. All right, we've solved everything. We've solved uh, Mitch McConnell, obviously not running again in 26. Uh, we'll get to Dr. Fauci a little later here today. Evan Brown on the Hurricane Idalia update, now Tropical Storm. And uh, more on COVID. I mean, there's nothing we can do. We have to talk about it. And we shall here in Focus on Friday's Eve. On this Thursday, heading into the holiday with Paul W. Smith on WJR. So glad we're here together on a beautiful day, heading into a really spectacular, beautiful Labor Day holiday weekend. If you can't be with us noon to 2, be with us at thegreatvoice.com for the podcast. You can uh, listen to individual interviews or the whole show. I hope you'll do both at com for the podcasts of Focus with Paul W. Smith and other great programming on this great radio station. Eben Brown does a great job, I know that. But you know that, too. I've heard from more people, Eben, who were saying, what a great job you've been doing, especially here as Fox News correspondent and WJR contributor with your updates on what used to be the Hurricane Edalia, now the tropical storm. But I I just want you to know, because we all hear when we aren't doing a good job.
3: (laughs) Ain't that the truth.
0: (laughs) People are are not afraid to tell us at all levels of our lives when we're not doing a good job. There's not enough people out there that will say, hey, you're doing a good job, and I'm going to say it because I've heard it from so many people. Eben, you're doing a great job.
3: Well, I appreciate that, and uh, if you want to send a note to the bosses, I'd be...
0: I don't even know who the bosses are out there anymore at Fox, but I'll do it. I'll say to whom it may concern.
3: Well, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that people are, are getting you uh, out of uh, my work here, and, and, and they're uh, finding it enjoyable. That's the, that's the whole name of the game. So we're, Very
0: uh, enjoyable, but <laughs> also extremely helpful, and from the heart, because you've lived this.
3: Uh, I have. Uh, I am one of, of many, many, many people who who have uh, lived this. And, uh, you know, sometimes people say, well, you choose to live there. And it's like, well, then you in New York or you in Detroit, don't don't yell at me when you've got a snowstorm that you've got to dig yourself out of, because <laughs> you choose to live there. You know, I, I January, uh, you know, New Year's, I'm I'm out in the pool. So uh, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. I mean, there's an upside and a downside to everywhere you live, I
4: guess.
0: Right. That is correct. What we will remember about uh, Idalia, and what uh, Floridians will certainly remember, is that it broke a number of records uh, as a storm, didn't it?
3: it? It did, and I think a lot of people are concentrating on this being the most extreme storm to hit the Florida Big Bend, and they're saying in recorded history. Recorded history, in this case, goes back to the 18, late 1800s that's when they start keeping the history of that. So it, it's not like we, you know, there there was some kind of painting in a cave somewhere saying, "Oh, how how great it is to never get a hurricane." So uh yeah, so we'll keep that in a bit more perspective, but it's a long time to go without getting such a a, a powerful Uh, And dangerous storm like this in in what is considered to be the the biggest, you know, hurricane prone part of the United States. So uh, that being said, we what happened, what came to pass was very much what uh, forecasters like those at the National Hurricane Center had predicted a very powerful cat three up into the cat four range for a few minutes, uh, bringing a significant storm surge that put a lot of uh, a lot of land underwater for a period of time, uh, which is damaging to homes and businesses and infrastructure and uh, roadways and the like uh and it was a smart move that so many people decided to heed the call to evacuate we have a very 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 low fatality count uh in fact i think the number is at two and that has to do with some kind of traffic accident uh from yesterday uh as opposed to like what we so sadly learned after hurricane ian that a number of people Chose to not evacuate, and a lot of people were calling 911 begging for rescue, and a yeah. lot of bodies were found in houses after the fact. I think we had 100 or so deaths attributed to the storm. Not everyone was a drowning death, but it's a, it's a very high number. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we're not seeing that as of yet, and we hope that that number stays the same. We don't We don't want that number to get higher. But in the meantime, people are having to clean up. They're waiting to get power back on, and a lot of power has been restored. More will be restored today, of course. Uh, but once the power gets back on, people tend to feel better going home because if your home is still standing but the power is out, you're probably going to want to pay for another night in air conditioning um, because, uh, you know, it, it's hot here. It's already 90-something degrees uh, at this point of the day. So, yeah. uh, and if your home had water intrusion, it very likely has no electricity because the electric's been damaged and you can't get the air conditioning on, which means the wet drywall will turn moldy and you don't want to live in that anyway. So now you mm-hmm. have another problem um so from here on in what you have is the problem of trying to get your life back in order this is something that will impact people financially it can it can really ruin livelihoods um but uh we're, we're going to hope that uh, the, the impact to that is, is not going to be too uh, too far gone um but uh, we're not the only ones going to have impacts like that this storm went over georgia and the carolinas even put its rain bands into southern virginia Uh, And there's a lot of flooding from rain and there'll be a lot of flooding in a couple of days afterwards when all that rain water moves into streaks and streams and creeks and, and then swells out somewhere else. And all of a sudden, someone who had no flood concerns a few days ago now has water at their back door and they've got to go somewhere else.
0: Evan, this is isn't this just the beginning of hurricane season, though? So it's the beginning of uh, of what we call peak season. So we have like a season
3: within the season, right? So the season itself begins June 1. There's even talk of moving it back to May 15th to match with the Pacific season because we're seeing some activity earlier in the year. Um, but uh, starting really August is when it gets even more so. And and that's that's the case right now. You know, we went through much of the season without anything. But right now, Idalia is, is moved out into the ocean. Hurricane Franklin... Is still out there just past Bermuda. Tropical storm Jose is meandering out there. There's a low pressure system near Jose that has a low chance of further development. But off the coast of Africa, there's another low pressure system near, I think it's the Canary Islands, that just had, uh, that is now a high uh, chance of further development and it is moving west in the direction of the Caribbean. Uh, and this seems like a lot. So that's five systems that are out there in the Atlantic. And that's actually kind of normal for this time of year and mm-hmm. it, it increases in september and and then october and then usually by the end of november we're done Um uh, but uh it, this this is the time of year where it happens just like in january you know you can expect a blizzard and february you know <laughs> right
0: right you are my friend and and we've had our hands full with flooding more so than ever Uh, lately, and uh, any number of other issues. We have our tornadoes. You have your hurricanes. I can go down the list. But here's what we all had, and I hope you took a moment to see it last night. Did you see the super blue moon?
3: I I snuck a real quick peek at it. it. It was very pretty,
2: yeah.
0: And just know that no matter where you were, no matter what you've gone through, we all have that moon to look up to and get some sense of normalcy as the world keeps spinning and we keep going through all the different things we go through. And, Eben, I appreciate your expertise and hand-holding through this whole thing, and we just, I just wanted you to know how much we appreciate you and your work.
3: Well, thank you kindly, and uh, let's keep at it.
0: Eben Brown, Fox News correspondent, WJR contributor. He's lived in Florida a long time, and he's lived what they're going through now again, and he will again, but he loves living there. And we certainly understand that as we continue in focus. We do appreciate you listening in and uh, getting excited. I, I'm I'm sure you and I are on the same uh, page on this. I am so excited about football season to begin, both college and uh, the professional uh, teams getting out there. Although I know the line is getting blurred between. The college kids who can now make money just like the professional kids can, but that's another story for another conversation. I'm just excited that football season is here. I'm not saying I want summer to end, I, but I will say, for example, last night was very comfortable out. Boy, that's uh, it was very comfortable for a walk. Not that I walked, but it was very, very comfortable for sleeping, too. It was nice. All right, we have an expert, and we love experts here in Focus with Paul W. Smith. Dr. Dennis Cunningham is a medical director of infection control and prevention at Henry Ford Health System, a leading expert on COVID, which never really has left us, but apparently is coming roaring back. Dr. Cunningham, welcome to Focus. Thank you so much. Let's start with the elephant in the room. Because... COVID became politicized. I don't exactly know how. I I mean, I can look at different moments where it seemed to be be becoming political. But something happened with COVID. And since then, the negative effect has been some people turning their back on boosters, uh, some parents uh, turning their back on the normal vaccinations for their kids that we really need them to do. And for whatever reason, nobody ever accepted the COVID vaccine like we have in bigger numbers accepted the flu vaccine every year. What do you think is what's going on here? I do agree that there was too much political
5: posturing about the vaccine. Uh, I try to stay out of politics because my concern is patient care and preventing infections. I do think the vaccines were effective. I continue to believe that they are the best way to help prevent COVID. And it is disheartening that we're seeing generally lower vaccination rates overall. Even if you look at kindergartners who are first starting school, there's increasing numbers of kindergartners who have not received their vaccines. And the problem is, You know, we don't see a lot of these diseases anymore, and so we think the vaccines are bad. But as soon as these vaccines come roaring back, we realize, oh, my gosh, those vaccines were pretty safe after all. And it's just a history lesson we keep repeating.
0: Yeah, it does. I mean, we do uh, keep repeating, and, and COVID keeps repeating. It's coming. It is roaring back. And I think we've been told pretty much that the original vaccinations that we got and if we got a booster or two or three whatever people had available and got they're going to need a new one because of the new variant ba.2.86 which actually has more than 30 new mutations uh and uh i don't even know what that means other than it doesn't sound good So the mutations are in the spike protein,
5: and that's what all the vaccines are doing is giving us antibodies, protective proteins against the spike protein. The spike protein is how the virus gets into our human cells, so if you can put some protective protein on there, you block it from infecting us, or even if you get infected, it's not as severe as the disease that results. that there is a large number of mutations, which means the original COVID vaccines are not going to work against it. So there, we do expect the Food and Drug Administration will be approving updated COVID vaccines that are more likely to
0: protect against the current circulating strains of Omicron. Well, and you say we're spending time with Dr. Dennis Cunningham, Medical Director of Infection Control and Prevention, Henry Ford Health System, a leading expert on COVID. Uh, y- you... You've introduced uh, a, a concept here, and I'll try to get to it simply. We have flu vaccinations available every year, and they're different every year because we're guessing oftentimes of what variant of flu there is going to be out there. Sometimes some vaccines work better than others from year to year. Are you saying that's the possibility with this next COVID vaccine or booster? That's a possibility, but there's one important
5: difference. With COVID, we're using messenger RNA technology, and that allows manufacturers to make these vaccines super quick. In the past, to make a new vaccine, if you're changing a little bit for for the viruses that are circulating, it might be months processed. Now the potentials that the companies can make these updated vaccines in four to six weeks. So I do expect that the COVID
0: vaccines are going to be much better matches for the virus that is circulating. So Michigan, like the rest of the country, seeing a rise in COVID-19 cases and hospitalizations, nowhere near what it was when it was really bad, but that doesn't mean it can't get that way again if we don't step up and uh, get the boosters. For anyone who's uh, leery of the boosters, Dr. Cunningham, what would you say to alleviate their fears?
5: So there have been billions of doses of COVID vaccines, including boosters, given around the world. They have a pretty impressive safety record. The major risk is someone could have an allergic reaction, but that's a chance anytime you take a new food or a new medication. I will tell you that I've received all the COVID vaccines, including boosters, that I could, as have my wife and children. And I don't know
0: how else to say I believe in it other than I can show you my vaccination records. Well, that's a good point. You've had your children, your wife, and yourself get all of the uh, boosters. Uh, so the I get, and one of the big problems, of course, first of all, was the politicization. That's not easy to say, but the politics that got involved. Uh, the second is the, uh, the social media and the Internet, uh, because rumors spread like wildfire, and there's no editor who's sitting there saying, okay, that's not true, we're going to get that out of there. Um, at least with our newspapers, we do have editors uh, in in, in our television news, et et cetera. But so is there anything to what we've heard a number of times about the long-term damage to hearts that supposedly they're finding after these vaccinations or even after getting COVID? So we do know that
5: COVID virus itself can cause inflammation of the heart. Myocarditis is the fancy name for it. And that typically happens males more than females, especially between 20 and 40 years of age. So actual infection can do that. It is possible that the vaccines in smaller numbers can cause this inflammation as well. The important thing is the rate of inflammation after the vaccine is much less than if you just get COVID infection by itself. And it's less severe after the vaccine than after infection. So, yeah, can it cause inflammation of the heart? Yes, but your risks are a lot better with the vaccine than getting heart inflammation after COVID infection.
0: And then the quick note is, in the same way, if you've had the previous vaccinations and boosters, you need the new one. And if you've had COVID, it was the previous COVID. So that's not giving you automatic immunity either, I would guess.
5: That's correct. And you mentioned one of the variants that's just been detected. There's also another one that's uh, In Michigan and across the world called XBB.2.3. And that one looks like old vaccines and even previous infection probably don't protect you. So that's just another reason why I would encourage people to consider getting their COVID booster once the new vaccine is approved later in September.
0: And folks, he's not making money off this information. He's a doctor who's trying to help us. Dr. Dennis Cunningham Medical Director of Infection Control and Prevention, Henry Ford Health System, leading expert on COVID. Thank you for sharing your expertise with us, Dr. Cunningham. My pleasure. Thank you. We continue in focus on WJR. Hey, uh, Thanks for the note here. Phil Hayes letting me know from AT&T, as we speak, right now, uh, AT&T employees are distributing 500 back-to-school backpacks filled with school supplies to students in need at Sur Metro in Detroit. And let's see what else it says. Heading back to school, blah, blah, blah. Uh, students receiving backpacks uh, that include folders, papers, pencils, earbuds, and other essential school supplies. Thank you to those uh, workers at AT&T for donating their time and to AT&T for donating 500 backpacks, kind of like uh, Mike Morse has done that too, the lawyer. So God God bless everybody who gives back. And thank you, Phil Hayes, for letting us uh, know about that. Our next guest is uh, far too busy to be on the show, but I appreciate that she comes by, serving on the House Committee on Energy and Commerce, House Committee on Natural Resources, Select Subcommittee on the Coronavirus Pandemic, on Energy and Commerce, a member of the Subcommittee on Communications and Technology, the Subcommittee on Health, and the Subcommittee on Innovation. You get the idea. There's plenty more there. It's, of course, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. Always a pleasure, Congresswoman, having you on board here.
6: Good afternoon, Paul W. I have to get used to saying good afternoon, not good morning, and it is always great to be with you, and I'm never too busy.
0: Well, I appreciate that. You, along with uh, United States Senator Gary Peters, Debbie Stabenow, uh, uh, representative john mullaner and you have been urging the us food and drug administration to provide additional guidance and updated donor ineligibility criteria for human human tissue transplant products I, I i mean the first reaction i had was you would think that way back when we started realizing about hiv and blood that it all had to be tested I, I foolishly thought that anything that was donated to be transplanted would be automatically tested.
6: So it, to put this in more basic language so your um, viewers know what we're talking about, I got a call from a doctor at the University of Michigan and also affiliated with Washington Public Health about two weeks ago. And a woman who had had a bone graft, Bone grafts are used uh, in backs. And, oh, by the way, I've had four of them myself in my mouth since the osteomyelitis in my mouth. What? You've had four bone grafts? Since I had that osteomyelitis in my jaw that last couple of years. Oh, boy. But but the woman had been treated and then transferred to the University of Michigan and developed TB that went to her brain, her lungs, and other organs and died. Yeah. And the, the asio-biologics, and I'm going to spell them out, had something similar happen in 2021. And eight people died. Eight people died then. Three have died now that we know of. And what they're not testing bone graft material for is TB. And they're two. I mean, I am pushing the FDA and CDC. I initially did a letter, and then thankfully the senators joined me, and I had called John Molinar, and Uh, John and I are going to be doing legislation uh, that may be needed as well on the house side. And I hope the senators will, I'm sure they will.
4: Um,
6: But I learned that we don't test bone graft material for TB or screen candidates for whether they are likely, you know, likely to have it. So we need to obviously tighten up on this with the number of deaths. I don't know why it didn't happen after 2021, but this is inexcusable. Uh, The sister of someone who works for John Molinar who died. And, uh, you know, we don't, the human face is on this, but it's inexcusable. The doctor who called me said to me, when you got those bone grafts, did they tell you that that's like having an organ transplant, which they absolutely don't. So two issues, we got to make sure it's safe. And the second is as patients, we just signed those consent forms so quickly, we should be asking more questions.
0: Man, oh, man. I'm stunned. I'm shocked. I really am. I. It's not like we haven't had experience in this area. I go back to HIV. Uh, I go back to the testing of uh, of blood and, and certain people who are not allowed to give blood uh, for any number of reasons. And I just, I guess it was ridiculous of me to assume that any transplantable organs or item or bone marrow or bone anything or kidneys or anything would be automatically tested for everything that could be
6: bad. Perfecting. And that's, uh, you know, I I actually, when I heard this, I sent my surgeon a note who's also had bone grafts, I might ask, and he had no idea. I mean, and he's a very well-respected. He was the number two at Walter Reed uh hospitals so uh, there's a all of us assume that certain things are being done that we're learning are not done and we've just got to continue to push fda to be doing more we've got to get more rigorous requirements and quite frankly we need to make sure they've got the resources that they need to be protecting us but we cannot automatically take for granted we are being protected
0: Under the Public Health Services Act, the FDA has authority to determine the parameters of tested communicable diseases, which already includes hepatitis, is the word I couldn't think of, hepatitis, syphilis, human immunodeficiency virus, that's HIV. But TB wasn't on the list, I guess, but sure should be.
6: Well, we're going to make sure it is. Trust me. Eight deaths should have been the call in 2021. Why it wasn't, I don't know didn't come to my attention. I'm very grateful this doctor called me. Uh, very, I mean, he did. He was outraged, and he, he called. And I happened to be over at Michigan. I spend a lot of time there, and I talked to a number of the other doctors there about it. And we just have to raise awareness, demand change, and get change.
0: I just, by the way, had a great conversation with a brilliant person. I'm not going to say who it was because I didn't ask if I could quote them. And they said nice things about the way you reach across the aisle and you really true, uh, truly try to get things done. Uh, And so I appreciate that. I've known that about you. I mean, we have we have our disagreements, but I I certainly respect you. But they said, I sure wish she would run again. Have you said you're not running
6: again? I don't know who saying that I'm not running. Debbie Stabenow, these people get the first name Oh, three. they
0: have you confused.
6: You, Debbie Stabenow is <laughs> not running again. Debbie Dingell, let me make this clear, will make the official announcement on the Paul W. Smith show, is running <laughs> for re-election. Her petitions are out there. I'm not going anywhere unless the people want me to, and I hope they don't.
0: I figured you would have told your big brother if you were planning I on have. making that big a change.
6: Nope, I'm running for reelection. I said right. it here first on the fall. Okay, show.
0: I appreciate that. Let me ask you another quick question. Do you think Governor Gretchen Whitmer is the backup plan for the Democrats?
6: No, I do not think she's the backup plan. I think Joe Biden is going to be the candidate, and oh, we're going to go geez. into next election year. And I'm going to pause uh, with one thing. I have my picture with the college Republicans at U of M yesterday. I stopped by their booth and talked to them. Kids and it was
0: good Good for them you. Good for you. Good for you that you're living up to your reputation. But listen, I can say easily Senator Mitch McConnell should not run for re-election. I wish you could say easily that the president should not. But we're out of time. Thanks for being with us, Congresswoman Debbie Dingell. God bless.
6: Thank you.
0: We continue on WJR. Good afternoon. Another beautiful day on this Friday's Eve into a holiday weekend. Yes, we, we celebrate labor. And all of us are working people, even though some people draw a line at certain incomes, and apparently those people are not considered working people. Don't get me started. Okay, I won't. But the point is, we all have Monday off to celebrate work, our workers, our jobs, and therefore, of course, the best way to celebrate it is not to work. Okay, Um, a couple of things going on here. Um, Sometimes an answer is given... When no answer has been voiced, when uh, Senator Mitch McConnell was asked about his thoughts about running for re-election in 2026, the silence was overwhelming. Sadly, we watched him once again unable to speak for about 30 seconds or so. Which was all the answer we need to the question, your thoughts about running for re-election in 2026, that's three years from now. And though he did not answer it with words, he certainly answered it with his action. He clearly is not capable of running for re-election in 2026. And I can say that just from my observations and yours, too. But I say the same thing about our current president, Joe Biden. He is not capable of handling these duties today, let alone in a next term. But you're talking politics, and there are a lot of people who won't say that. Because it looked like they're being disloyal. But I ask you is it better to be loyal to one office holder slash politician, or is it better to be loyal to all the constituents who will not be served well by another term of Senator Mitch McConnell or another term of President Joe Biden? just not going to happen. Did you see the rare super blue moon last night? It was fabulous. It was everything they said it would be. The biggest moon uh of the year, 17,000 miles closer to us. Um and uh, we have to wait till 2037 to see the next one. I actually thought you might be able to see a bit of it tonight, but I don't I guess not. I don't know. I think it was Brian who said, uh, you know, it, it, it'll still be probably big and bright, but it's not the biggest and brightest that it was last night. I hope you saw it when you were driving late last night or early this morning into uh, to work. We have a couple of notes here. We know that uh, Hurricane Idalia is a tropical storm now, and uh, that's a good thing. Still causes trouble. Did you hear the story? Well, you, I guess I I have to repeat some of these things. All right, I'll say this: You know by now, President Donald Trump pled not guilty to the Georgia election racketeering charges. The Georgia case, one of four pending criminal trials that former President Trump faces in the next year, as he campaigns for president, and of course, as they do everything they possibly can to make it impossible for him to campaign for president. Uh, discounting the fact that it's up to the American people as to who they want or don't want to be their next president. Isn't that the way it's supposed to work? Good news is University of Michigan has reconnected to the Internet, Wi-Fi. The online systems gradually restored. Somebody hacked them. Somebody cyber hacked them. So, uh... They've gotten through that at this point, but buckle yourself to trees because uh, it's going to happen again and again. Once they figure out how to do it, it'll happen again and at other colleges. Did you see this, uh, I, I don't know, uh, uh, Brian or Dave, do, do either of you go to Burger King on a regular basis?
1: Yeah, just went there last well, this week, one day.
0: You happy with it?
1: Yeah, one bed. It's a whopper. Tasty,
0: tasty, yeah. yeah it it's fine. a whopper. You get what you get. Yeah. Well, some people don't think so. Some customers are claiming that the the burgers look better on the Burger King menus. I haven't seen a Burger King menu. I mean, I can see it up. Are they talking about the Burger King up on the board there that's lit up?
1: That's probably, yeah, when you drive through. It's like. You know, there are people
0: and, that that are paid to make those pictures look yes. good. Food is not easy to take a picture of. Right. And what what
1: food doesn't look better in a picture than when you get it on your, I mean, in a, in a restaurant you sit down, no matter what restaurant it is, it, they have the time to look and make it look perfect and shiny and, right. you know, and you're not going to get that when it comes out of the kitchen. It's like, come on. <laughs>
0: That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. And unfortunately, it is the part of a, a big lawsuit somebody is suing millions. Well, they want millions. and They call it a class action. Now, you know what a class action suit is. You get a note in the mail saying, if you leave the Burger can you stand a chance to win 25 cents in this yeah. uh, multi-million dollar lawsuit. The lawyers make millions. <laughs> yep. I think the first person who had signed on makes some good money. But the rest of us make 25 cents if we're lucky. Uh, give them a break. And th- there's a suit that was filed against Taco Bell, for over $5 billion, alleging a lack of beef in several of their products. Oh, if only Clara was still alive. Oh, Where's the beef? Sake. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> you're, you're buying fast food. You get what
0: you pay for. <laughs> and there's a McDonald's and Wendy's facing similar lawsuits in Brooklyn, of all places, where a man seeks $50 million for himself and other customers who are, were allegedly deceived by the chain's burger size. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we're out of control here. This you, is crazy. You can
1: sue for anything. That's, that's,
0: you can. You, know. you can sue for anything. That's I'm going to sue truth.
1: KFC because I never saw the colonel working in there ever in all the times I've been in there.
0: Isn't that the truth? I, by the <laughs> way, at my home have a picture of the real, the original, the real Colonel Sanders. I was very young. He was very old. Oh, yeah. And I interviewed him many, many years ago. And it was great. It was great fun. You know, he started that whole thing when he was like 50 or 60. He started late in life.
1: Yeah, I've been to the original one in Kentucky.
0: Oh, you have? Yeah, it's very cool. Oh, I bet it is.
1: It's got all his original equipment. It's got like a little museum inside of there for oh. about him. It's like, oh, well, it's kind of neat that it was just a roadside stand that
0: is still with us today. It's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, it's still with us today. It, it, but I never it saw him
1: in cool. there, so I might have to sue. <laughs>
0: Well, you know what I've never seen in their bucket? I've never seen any knees or lips. Exactly. Have you ever seen any chicken knees or lips? Exactly. Where do those parts go? I feel I'm being robbed.
1: It may be part of the nuggets. We don't know.
0: Well, it could be. (laughs) Here's a bad one. I've been carrying this around. Now I can throw it away after I tell you. Best Buy customers beware. Scammers are pretending to be from the Geek Squad. The company's tech support arm, and they're they're coming into your home or office and tricking you into handing over your personal information. My God, if you can't trust the geeks, who can you trust? <laughs> the only geek we trust here is Dave. <laughs> wow,
4: wow, that came out of nowhere. Wow. Uh, and I guess if I am Zing! a geek, that's uh, I, I I'm excited about. Uh, the iPhone event that's coming up next week. So
0: yes, I, I meant to start with that, and I don't yeah. know what I put by where I put the there story, but it's the it's it, it, here's it's what I'm going to tell your you.
4: Your Wonderlust special event, new iPhone coming out, Paul. I know you're excited.
0: I, I will be getting a new iPhone. I've been waiting because I need a new iPhone, but yes. but I wanted to wait for this new one. Of course, they're willing. I was at the Apple Store the other day for something else. They're willing to sell because they have to sell all the time. But I'm waiting for the iPhone uh, iPhone 15 Pro, but. What is this? Uh, what is this disintegrating, multi-hued Apple logo? Do you think? That, I mean, that would be unbelievable if they changed the Apple logo. What do you think about that?
6: No, I yeah, they're not. Yeah, I think that was just part of their
0: little their little invitation thing there. That's yeah. and what you got very excited about was the story that somebody sold their first Apple yes. phone. It must have been unopened, and in the box, but sold mm-hmm. it for almost two hundred thousand dollars. I know. I wish oh, well, we've talked about this many times. All right. If you say Apple, All Dave this gets cool excited. stuff
1: never happens to me. <laughs> I had an Apple in my lunch, and Dave got excited. It's just, it's just an Apple, and Dave <laughs> totally not excited true. about he that. It's is, totally not he true. He is an Apple-aholic. He is an
0: apple I know that. If it's made by Apple, he wants it. He loves it. <laughs> and he puts up with the fact that we have to come up with new uh, cables to charge everything yes, they come up adapters, with. They always new, change
2: it. New dongles, as they call them, yes. Yeah, dongles. We're the
0: dongles for continuing to support them.
2: <laughs> so I'm a, thanks, Brian. I'm a geek. I'm a dongle man. I'm taking hits today. You take a day hey, off and see it's, what
0: happens. It's been, a good, it's been a good day for you. <laughs> All right. We've got lots to talk about, and we shall, here in Focus on WJR. Our governor uh, had a speech last night. I did not see it live, but I've watched uh, much of it on my uh, computer once Once I could find it. Uh, And she has called on Michigan lawmakers last night to create a new program to offer paid family and medical leave and approve a standard that would move the state toward relying on 100 percent clean energy. Uh, Governor Whitmer, uh, who, by the way, is increasingly gaining national political attention Uh, gave an address in downtown Lansing outlining her policy priorities for the remainder of 2023. It was about a 24-minute speech, wide-ranging, touching on business permitting, protecting democracy, public health, the environment. At one point, the governor said the state must face climate change head-on while growing the economy amid the biggest boom in manufacturing in decades. Well, of course, people want to uh, respond and talk about this, and we give them the opportunity uh, to do that. Uh, in fact, right now, let's check in with Representative Donnie Steele, a Republican, Orion Township, with her perspective on the governor's speech last night. Uh, Representative Steele, welcome.
7: Thank you, Paul W. I'm so happy to be here, and I appreciate you and the work that you do, and so happy Labor Day to you.
0: Well aren't you kind and thank you for considering me a worker because I in fact I wrote my whole column and I've done this before on the fact that for some reason or another some of us aren't considered working people somebody put some line up there about what you make or don't make that can, that would consider you to be a working person or not a working person anybody who's working is a working people yeah, don't get me started anyway what did you think of, what did you think of the governor's speech last night
7: well, you know, I just always am concerned about the cost and the actual implementation of some of these uh, uh, great ideas. So um, the paid family family medical leave, I just want to know who's picking up the bill to offer those uh, benefits for the workers.
0: Well, because there's always a bill. I mean, nothing's free. Someone's going to have to pick up the tab. And unfortunately, as always happens, with any party talking about new things they want to do, how in this case the paid leave plan would be funded is not yet known.
7: Absolutely. And if it if you if you put the onus on small businesses, which would be a higher tax, does it go on to the payroll of the people that actually work there? And then would that attract new businesses to Michigan and or workers to michigan if they have to pay this higher tax and normally higher tax taxes are from states like new york and california where people are leaving those states and we're trying to attract people i don't i don't necessarily know if that's what that does
0: interesting yeah that is part of what we need to do with our dwindling numbers we need to attract people who can't wait to get out of california is a good example and uh and we have to look at the things that will attract them to come here, the businesses, and then the environment that they can bring their employees or hire new employees to work for them. So it's all it's all a very big picture, that's for sure. What else uh, would you like to say?
7: Well, I the other one about uh, so I'm on the transportation budget, and I'm always about adding money from the government to help our infrastructure. So infrastructure like roads and bridges, and um, I'm concerned about the solar energy because you still have to put that energy through the grid that we currently have. And so if we're going to put some investment in, we should be putting some investment into our grid that makes our energy more reliable and less blackouts that we have seen every time we have a storm or a rain. I mean, I don't even know if downriver's got all their power back. So instead of like, let's looking into new and green and solar panels, why don't we look at underground um grids to make sure that we have reliable affordable energy i think that's what our job should be um
0: doing well you know yep. what and and that reminds me we need to get linda apsey on the president and ceo of itc we need to get her on more often to talk about that because you're not going anywhere with the grid without itc they're exactly. the 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 energy superhighway. we we need them and we need to know that they can handle all these things and i and and she speaks clearly and will do that. A quick question. Uh, I mentioned in the beginning of this conversation, and I've enjoyed it very much, Representative Donnie Steele uh, of Orient Township, Republican. Uh, I, I, I noted that the governor's getting a lot of national political attention. And I'm wondering if you think that she is possibly the the, the backstop or the the. This I don't know stand in. I mean, they can't depend on Kamala Harris when Joe Biden is failing, and he is. Um, do you think that she plays a role in the National uh, Democrat Party like that?
7: Well, she certainly have has set up herself politically in the right position. I have to say, and every time we give her these um, opportunities to speak, she just gets more national attention. So. Um, it's It's going to be interesting to watch as we move forward, Paul W.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, we you're not suggesting we we don't give her an opportunity to speak. She, no, she, no. Okay. No. I just wanted to make sure. No, 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 that's not what I meant. I just say every time she has these
7: opportunities, it helps the situation. I got gotcha. <laughs>
0: gotcha. you. I got you. But you can't blame me for asking the way politics has gotten these days.
7: Oh, uh, What a yeah. pleasure.
0: Don't be a stranger. Come around more often and talk to us, okay?
7: Thank you. I appreciate that.
0: Republican Representative, Orion Township. Representative Donnie Steele here with Paul W. Smith in focus on WJR. Yeah, we have uh, we have Michigan State football here on WJR. We've got uh, Michigan football. It's the weather. Uh, sounds like it's going to be spectacular for all the games uh, coming up this weekend. So that's all good news, including the high school games uh, Friday that you hear more about on WJR. What a pleasure it always is, and a privilege to welcome from the Internal Revenue Service. That's what I said. He's from the IRS, and I still welcome him with open arms, Luis Garcia. Hello, Luis. Hey, Paul, how are you? I am excellent. What I am totally confused about what this issue is that you're here to talk about, where the IRS has flagged tax returns for ID theft, and for whatever reason, well, I know what reason, but People are not responding to the letters from the Internal Revenue Service. I can tell you why. No one trusts anything anymore.
2: <laughs> that's right. But when you get a letter and it says it's from the IRS, maybe you should at least open it. And that's one of the the issues that we're having with some people who are – it's basically their money. It's their tax refund. But it's being held up because we need to confirm that this is actually you, that it's not a scammer, that it's not somebody committing fraud uh, under your name. And some people don't open those letters. And some people don't get them, but some people don't open them, or some people are just overwhelmed They're confused. It's like, I, I this is gibberish to me. I'm going to put it to the side. But you're just holding up your own tax refund.
0: Well, I can say this. Um, unlike a receiving something online where there's a billion scam artists trying to steal everything from you, uh, which is why I don't even open uh, – emails even from our company because they send out test emails to catch us with phishing <laughs> and stuff. So I don't even open them anymore. This is just an envelope and there's not a lot of damage they can do except not believing what it says on the letter and not wanting to follow through for fear of this being a scam. How do we, how do we get people off that fear? I don't know. That's a tough one, Luis.
2: Well, if you call the number, Uh, The first thing that I always ask people to do is take that phone number that you uh, that's on that letter. Go to the IRS website, irs.gov. There's anything other than irs.gov is fake. Go to irs.gov. Go in the search box. Put that phone number into the search engine. If it pops up as uh, the protection unit, the identity protection unit, then you'll know it's a legitimate number.
0: Well, that's a good point. An
2: email address. Go to irs.gov. Verify that that letter is legitimate. We send all kinds of letters, but those each letter has a number. It's a certain kind of letter, whether it's a CP2000 or whatever it is. You put that letter into the IRS website, that the number, the form number, and you'll see, oh, they do send these out. But then you're like, well, maybe it could be a scam artist still trying to get my identity. Put that phone number in. Phone number checks out.
0: Call it. That's a good point. So some people haven't received the letters. There's fear, there's avoidance, uh, there's complexity, there's confusion. There are all kinds of excuses. But frankly, Luis, you've just given the key on how you can double-check this, which I appreciate. And in the end, this is to get your money back. This is your refund that they're holding up, right?
2: Right. And we're holding it up because we've gotten some indicators that maybe this isn't you. Uh, maybe a change of address, maybe there's some other things that have flagged your account, that this isn't how you typically operate. Or maybe somebody else has tried filing that you're completely unaware of. Somebody else has filed a return using your name. And this is holding up your legitimate tax refund. So we want to make sure that the money gets to the right person so that you don't get ripped off and that you don't become a victim of identity theft.
0: And and you should know this, my friends, and I can assure you through the best of my ability, when there's ID theft, you, the taxpayer, has you haven't done anything wrong. Don't look at this as if you're in trouble, because you're not.
2: Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That, that's the most important thing. You see a letter from the IRS, and you're like, "Oh, this is."
0: <laughs> yeah, I, this I know is the like feeling
2: oh god the, my body are,
0: yeah. involuntarily uh reacts it
2: shudders. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah that's the, the uh, uh i get it all the time when i meet p- people and they're like oh what do you do for a living and say the IRS, yeah, they, you know, jerk their hand back like whoa um <laughs> so i understand how it is when you get a letter from the IRS. but open it up uh, because this is your money and and we really want to give it to you it's legitimately yours you You're a victim here. You haven't done anything wrong. Somebody is trying to scam you out of legitimately yours. We're trying to stop them, but we've got to verify. And, yes, it's a little complicated, but we have to verify that it's you before we give out that money.
0: Well, you know what? Um, This is uh, something important. Uh, This is a service to us from our government. Uh, that line that I always use with you, Luis, I'm from the I'm from the government and I'm here to help. You really mean that, and you've always been uh, faithful to that, Luis Garcia, from the Internal Revenue Service. And now I get this note from Dave Rieger saying, this has happened to my mom for two years in a row, and I've helped her go through the process twice to verify her identity. Uh, he says it took about 40 minutes on the computer, but that's Dave Rieger, you know. It might not take that long. For the rest of us.
2: <laughs> it would, uh, if Dave says it took that long, it took that long. This but, is you
0: know, also, this is Pick on Dave Rieger Day. Right. It's been great. He's I, a good guy. I know He's a good he guy. He's he, he a good guy. Uh,
2: but <laughs> yes, if you want to, if, if you don't want to do it on the computer, and I get that, especially if you say you you're just not comfortable on the computer. Um, once you call the identity uh, protection, uh, the taxpayer protection hotline. The number is in that letter and again go to irs.gov just make sure that that number is correct call the number and then we'll walk you through the steps you can do that over the phone yes. or if you want to come in and and talk face-to-face to somebody come down to our taxpayer assistance center in downtown detroit and uh, you can call the uh, the appointment number, set an appointment, come on down with all the documents that they ask of you, and we will see you face-to-face and verify that that's you.
0: See if I have this right, Luis. The uh, the number to call to make an appointment is 844-545-5640. Right. 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. 844-545-5640. And the regular IRS 800 line, you could start there, 800 800- Eight two nine ten forty eight hundred, eight two nine, ten forty. 829 1040 800-829-1040. Thank you, Luis Garcia, for stepping up and helping people uh, get comfortable with this. This is truly something that's coming from the IRS to protect your money. So you have to follow through with this, or you're just going to delay getting the money that's rightfully yours. Absolutely.
2: Thanks for spreading the word. Really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Luis. Have a nice holiday weekend. You too. My Thank problem. you so much. Bye-bye, sir, as we continue on WJR. What a beautiful day it is, and I'll tell you what else, though. It's been a while since we looked out at the financial and economic landscape and saw nothing but warm sunshine and smooth blacktop in the horizon. Lately, it's been more like a pothole-riddled Michigan highway in a snowstorm. And our friend and retirement planner Chris Alberta at Principium always reminds me that an ideal retirement portfolio is like a, well, it's like a two-car garage, one part SUV, one part hot rod. When the weather's bad, you can turn to the big four-wheel drive truck. It's safe and can get me through the storm. When the sun is up, nothing feels better than dropping the top on our little race car and punching the gas. That's what's been missing in the financial world, the long-lost balance between safety and growth. It's what Chris always uh, preaches, the retirement model that can have far less risk than the markets themselves, but all the horsepower to still put a smile on your face. Stop doing things the Wall Street way with a garage full of race cars. Please, I implore you, start building a retirement that can meet your future needs, regardless of market downturns, government overreach, reckless inflation, and tax hikes. There is a solution The one that Kim and I found, and so many of you, so many of my listeners, have sought out the help of Chris Alberta at Principium. This is what he does for a living. It's not what I do. It's not what you do. You need a professional to get this right, and we find Chris Alberta to be great at it. Chris Alberta at Principium. Set up a complimentary visit. Examine your objectives. Fill that retirement garage with all the safety and power you'll ever need. Call Chris Alberta at Principium at 888-800-8949. That's 888-800-8949. We continue in focus on WJR. We are so appreciative of having you join us 24 hours a day, seven days a week through the holiday, and always you can count on us. And if you can't be here noon to 2, you can listen to me any time of the day on thegreatvoice.com, the podcast. You can do individual interviews or the whole show. Uh, Please do. Go to thegreatvoice.com. Press whatever button you have to press, and they'll send you a download of the podcast every day. And you can listen any time you want, and I hope you will. I miss you otherwise. And right now, if you caller 9 at 1-800-859-0957, 1-800-859-0WJR, caller 9 wins a pair of VIP tickets to see Joan Jett and the Blackhearts in concert at Arts, Beats, and Eats. Coming up tomorrow, September 1st, for a bonus chance to win, text keyword ROCK. To 800-859-0957. Official rules at wjr.com. 760-WJR welcomes Soaring Eagles, Arts, Beats, and Eats, presented by Flagstar Bank. Labor Day weekend, this weekend, downtown Royal Oak. Enjoy a juried, fine art fair, tasty food, 200 bands on nine stages, and fun for the whole family. Details at dot artsbeatseats.com. artsbeatseats.com. Alrighty, here is a story that you might have been wondering about. I didn't know a thing about it. And some followers of the Boat Nerds of Facebook, who knew? The Boat Nerds of Facebook group were puzzled by what they saw in July on a live graphic map of the Great Lakes ships and their positions with something labeled as Unmanned. And it had been in Lake Michigan for days, and it was moving. This is like like an unmanned drone in the air, only it's on the water. We know who to turn to. Research fisheries biologist, U.S. Geological Surveys, Great Lakes Science Center in Ann Arbor, Peter Esselman. Peter, welcome to the Paul W. Smith Focus Show.
4: Thank you so much, Paul. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you.
0: I, I didn't know a thing about this. I am glad... Because I, I I wouldn't know what to think if I saw – describe this ship, if you will.
4: Sure. Yeah, so essentially a company in California called SailDrone has uh, developed a technology that is a, basically an autonomous sailboat. And I guess when I say autonomous, what I mean is that there's remote 24-7 observations on this, uh, but it is essentially out there without a crew or a pilot on the water with it. It's 21 feet long. It's about 15 feet high. It carries solar panels and wind wind generators, and it has weather sensors and uh, water quality sensors. And what we're using it for is to detect fishes in the water column to help improve the science that we're doing every year.
0: And it's been described as uh, something, a, a, a vessel with a rigid sail and looks something like a cross between a small sailboat, a solar panel, a weather vane and the rocket cars used to attempt land speed records on the salt flats of Utah. That must be quite a sight. Yeah, Uh,
4: it is.
0: (laughs) And you are using it to detect, you say fishes, uh, to detect fishes in our Great Lakes?
4: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm I'm, uh, associated or affiliated with the U.S. Geological Survey, we're the federal agency that does annual prey fish assessments. So what we do every year is we go out with conventional technologies uh, like 70-foot uh, research vessels, and we use echo sounders, sonar, to count fish in the water, and we also use trawl nets to catch fish. And what we're, do- what we're doing with our data is we're providing annual status checks on on essentially the abundance of these bait fish in the water. Uh, And we have some of our surveys have been running for 50 years. And we provide those data to the states and the tribes in the province of Ontario who are all convened under a regional uh, lake management committees, um, uh, under the Council of Lake Committees. And they're using those data to make decisions about total allowable catches, about stocking rates for lake trout or salmon, about catch limits and bag limits for chinook salmon in Lake Michigan, and other types of decisions that uh, that are, are essentially geared towards sustaining a productive fishery in the Great Lakes.
0: So don't be alarmed. they're sail drones and uh, sail drones, no engine noise. don't want to scare away the fish. So Peter Esselman, are you allowed to tell us how we're doing in terms of uh, the fish that we have stocked in our lakes?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's what we're trying to do every year. And, and, you know, one of the fundamental challenges that we experience is that the lakes are massive, and we're out there there with uh, these, these research vessels trying to do our best to get data with, like, old technology, essentially. And we're, we've been doing this consistently. We do a reasonably good job. But these new technologies give us the ability to stay out there 24-7 and get much more data and also to get data very accurate
0: get data what very, very
4: accurately so oh, we very can,
0: accurately okay yeah.
4: so you well, know when when you have a normal conventional research vessel out there turning big diesel engines it actually scares the fish away sure and so you know with this technology we think that we can actually get a better read on how i'm sh- i'm sure you can
0: we're out of time we'll talk again because i want to hear how this is going peter Esselman. Research fisheries biologist, U.S. Geological Survey's Great Lakes Science Center in Ann Arbor. Uh, don't forget the thegreatvoice.com for our pad- podcast. JR Afternoons with Chris Renwick. Make it a great rest of the day on your way to making each and every day count. Each day is a gift. Regards, Paul W. Smith.